0: Georgia ATL coming to you from Love city of Atlanta, Georgia, going out to now Houston, Texas with Laura. We've been all over the state with Laura here and now we are back <laughs> in Houston. How is it going, Laura?
1: Everything's going well. Yes, I will be all over the state for the next <laughs> few years. Yes, you never know where I'm going <laughs> to pop up in the big state of Texas.
0: That, that's interesting because, you know, I read an, an, a statistic that, Most people that are it was something like in the seven, maybe even 80 percent of people who were born in Texas don't leave Texas, which is interesting. Right. So in Georgia, it's like in the 70. So in Georgia, it's like 74 percent, maybe. But it's um, an interesting statistic that people, I guess, in Texas, Laura, just don't want to go nowhere else, which is very interesting to me.
1: That can be what do you attribute that to? Is that like
0: the size?
1: (laughs) You know, I think it depends on how you look at it. That can be good or bad. Like, you know, if it's complacency or like afraid to kind of venture out, then it's not good. But if it's, that it's <laughs> such an amazing state, which, you know,
0: I love it. depends on how you look at it, Laura, well, right? It depends on yeah. what angle, what, what angle. Right. You're, you're taking that perspective from. And right. I think so, Laura, you touched on one thing there, um, the size of the state. So, in Texas, you can go so far away from where you were born and still be in Texas.
1: <laughs> like you'll be traveling days if you go from the tip, you know, from from the top to the bottom. It it, it could literally take days. It's huge. It's just a huge state.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. Big. Because I've never been there. Maybe I need to come. I could come come visit. Houston is the only place I really like. Would want to come like that's like yeah. I'm not 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 <laughs> knocking the other places. I'm not knocking right. like your Dallases <laughs> or your San Antonios of the world, but Houston's yeah. Houston like you know what I mean. That's like you know, uh, um, internationally known place. I would love to come there, so I'm gonna come hang out at some point. Um, yes, that would be great. Today we're gonna talk about social anxiety. You know, I love hitting you with these mental health, all the yeah. mental health questions and all the mental health issues and stuff like that. So. We have another one of those today. And this is interesting because I work in a social business and I had a a coworker who kind of suffers from this. And and I think with social anxiety, as with some of the other mental health issues, it's an issue that's kind of like unseen. You know what I mean? Like you you don't really know somebody has it. And the people it can be called like, I guess, social phobia. I'm looking at my notes here, social phobia. And uh, the textbook definition is everyday social interactions that cause can cause Irrational anxiety, fear, self-consciousness, and embarrassment. So, before we even like go further into that, have you ever met anybody with social anxiety before yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I th- I think more people have social anxiety than we um, know. Um, I think sometimes they don't even know that it. You know, like there's a term for them being introverted or them just you know, really not wanting to go out. And I think, you know, and of course, like anything, it can range from severe to, you know, just kind of like, I would rather not go to, I cannot leave, you know, my
0: house. Right, right. Yeah.
1: But I, I definitely know people who who are like that.
0: Yeah. Does it present itself in different ways? Because, you know, we were talking about like, you were just kind of touched on a little bit, Laura, of it being on a spectrum to a certain degree, right? It's not like mm-hmm. a one size fit all type of uh, of issue. You have like the disorder of t- in the way where people basically leave everything outside. They don't even want to talk to people that come to deliver their stuff. They will just grab it from outside or they yeah. need somebody. They got to hire somebody to go outside for them and do yeah. things that kind of like on their behalf. Um, when you've seen it or have dealt with it, what has been the degree that you've seen it yourself?
1: I've seen probably moderate um and so i'm not you know i think it's important to say that i'm not um a mental health professional i don't have a license um for sure. yeah so to you know diagnose you, like, diagnose you treat, on the show or treat anyone <laughs> no um, but there are definitely people who for various reasons um don't want to interact with um Kind of the things that are outside um kind of i I lost my thought there um there's definitely people who for whatever reason just don't want to interact with other people um and that can be because they've you know they look at tv and maybe there are lots of different things that are happening um Mm -hmm. or it could be that it really is a, a a you know a a diagnosis that they have from a mental health professional. Um, But most of the people that I know, it's not very severe. Um, I would really say that a lot of people, I met someone I think not too long ago and they just really didn't want to interact with people, didn't want to go a lot of places and come to find out they um, had spent a lot of time in prison and it really made sense to me once they explained Uh, that. Yeah. Once they explained that it made perfect sense uh, to me. It wasn't just a matter of being introverted. It was really that they just didn't, they weren't very comfortable navigating in the outside world yet.
0: That's interesting because I, I, I would struggle with if I was, if this was something that I had, uh, some people are just shy. Right. And this is something that seven to 13% of Americans do have. So, but some people just don't want to be bothered. Right. Like, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, it's a situation where you just don't like social jobs. You want to just deal with a computer. I see that with a bunch of so-called like nerds, you know, nerd culture at one point was that person that would just rather be, by themselves or deal virtually with other human beings and not deal with them in person, like having to talk to them and having to deal, I guess, maybe they feel like there's some societal pressures there. I don't, I don't know if that's, that's one of the things that kind of factors in, but I do think that there's some people, what is the difference between, I, I guess, just being just shy mm-hmm. and then having this disorder, you know, and, and is shyness yeah. on the spectrum way down there somewhere.
1: I don't, I don't know. Again, I'm not a mental health professional, but I do think that there, is, there are times where people are very socially awkward.
0: You know, uh, maybe yeah, they don't no know doubt. what to
1: say, or yes. maybe they, you know, you know just that they're, they're not very comfortable. Maybe that comes with a level of maturity, or it may come with a level of um, that they just haven't been exposed to a lot of social uh, settings. Um, and then there are people who, you know, who really think that Something horrible is going to happen to them if they leave, or, Mm -hmm. you know, people are, you know, maybe it's, you know, they're. Germaphobes, or, you know, different (laughs) things like that. So I think there's definitely a difference in like kind of your level of maturity or maybe um, just kind of an awkwardness where you don't always feel like you fit in socially or, you know, you're uncomfortable there. I think that's the key thing. Like, is it, is it just that someone is uncomfortable or is it that they really are, like, there's a fear, you know? And so I think probably that's, that's the big difference. Like you know, I will, but I don't want to, as opposed to I, I just can't. Like I'm gonna freeze with fear. I'm you know I'm frozen with fear.
0: Now, have you ever had just moments like that in life? Because I feel like we all experience some social awkwardness, right? I, yeah. I definitely have been blessed with because I've been in a social job, that's made things so much easier for me, Laura. Because I socialize for a living, it's right. made things so much easier. Like, because I get a lot of practice at it, you know, I don't have to, um, I I can be in a lot of real world situations. I get a lot of real world, uh, practice, which I feel like where no matter what you're doing, whether it's dating or, or making friends and stuff like that, some of that stuff just takes practice. Do you think that some of that is people looking at how easy it is for other people and just thinking like, Oh, I just can't be like that. You know, they, they can just go out They're social butterflies. They're mixing it up and I'm scared to even talk to one person.
1: Yeah, it does take practice. And I think there are people who naturally are very gifted in, you know, being very sociable and friendly, and they are social butterflies. Um, So there's definitely a difference in like your personality or what you do. But it does take practice to get out there. And I mean, there are thousands of books, you know, like how to not be socially awkward at, you know, your Christmas party or, you know, things like that. And so sometimes it just takes um, kind of getting out of there and getting out of your comfort zone. And I think also recognizing if it's just a matter of you getting out of your comfort zone, or do you really like, you know, you start sweating and you know, your stomach starts hurting or you get Those are things where I think people need to go and speak to someone like if they physically are getting uh, very nervous. Um, and it's not just, you know, butterflies like the average person, because we all, you know, are are often in situations that, you know, we're not, we're unsure of. But if it's keeping, I think, one from just really having a, a life, because I think it's important to be social to some point, um, you know, then I think it's, it's best that somebody sees, A professional. I think that's when, you know, it's more than just, um, you know, I really enjoy being by myself.
0: Right. Because there are those people I work with those people, too. And it can be social, but they don't like being around people. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Right. And people know, I think I I respect someone who is not a social person, you know, telling me I really am. I'm, I'm not talkative. Don't you know, it's not you. I just am not that person. So I respect that.
0: I've seen a lot of like social anxiety tests when I was doing some like research for this episode, I saw a lot of like social anxiety tests that you could take online and stuff. And I'm just wondering for people that are mental health uh, professionals, like how, how are is this to diagnose versus other situations? Because I feel like, you have every right to just not want to be bothered if you don't want to be bothered. Right. Like you have every right to not have to socialize if you don't really feel like it. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're afflicted with a mental health issue or it doesn't mean that you, uh, something's like inherently wrong with you. You just might not want to deal with people, you know? Um, so I wonder how hard it is for them to deal with that. And, and I think that you make a good point in the sense of like, when things start to uh, maybe get physical for you, maybe it is a situation where if, if you are, um, literally having stomach aches, uh, cold sweats. And you just don't even want to, that, at even a thought of, you're not even communicating at even a thought of communicating, Laura, for some people, right. like that's all it takes <laughs> to, to get yeah. them going and imagining yeah. every awkward situation in life that could happen to them.
1: Yeah. And so their anxiety is a real diagnosis. Like it really is. And it, it physically it will make people sick. And so it's it's relatively easy for a health professional. And you don't have to be a psychiatrist to kind of recognize when somebody is having a, um, a panic attack or mm. they're having anxiety. And I think more and more what we see is that you can do everything from the comfort of your home. You can shop. Yes. And you can have meetings. And you can do everything. And I think at some point what... I'm sure health professionals and psychiatrists and therapists are saying is that there has to be this healthy balance. Like at some point it's, if you have no human interaction, um, that takes a toll on you as well. And I know some people say, Oh, I, you know, I'm I'm fine if I never have to leave the house and I'm (laughs) sure they, I'm sure they are. But when you think about um, just even in COVID, how, we recognized the impact of children not being able to socialize because that's a big part of going to school, you know, not just the education, but being able to socialize and being able to, while we're talking about social anxiety, being able to be in a situation where there are several people and maybe you want to, you know, you don't want to stand out or you uh, don't know who to connect with and things like that. Those situations can help you do that as a child so that you don't grow up and you know, have these panic
0: attacks because you have to, you know, go to the mall or. <laughs> right. You're forced to leave the <laughs> house with it. At some right. point, Lord, they're going to get, they got to, they got to leave the crib at some point. Right. Like you. I mean, think... for something, right. For, for, for like something. And you're going to be woefully unprepared for, for yeah. these interactions. And I do think that you're right in a sense of like the, you learn a lot of that growing up, right. When you're our, force, the force interaction, I call it, like oh, through schooling or, you know, even when you got, you got to get jobs and stuff like that. These things are kind of forcing you to interact with others. Now I'm wondering, because COVID, you know, I was reading social, social anxiety posts around the time that COVID and how a lot of those posts were like, this is just normal life for us. Like now that now the world feels like how we feel all the time type situation. Right. And this is just another day for us type thing. And um, I wonder if COVID did I wonder if it had hurt or helped them, like people that might have already been dealing with this, because, you know, the world is kind of coming to you at that point because you are already in the house and now everybody had to be into in the house for a certain period of time. I wonder if that made it better or worse for them in that sense, you know, and, and not just that, does did the the things that were left over from COVID for as far as. Uh, the work from home situation, which you know, some offices are trying to claw them back, claw them back right. into the office. You do see that happening. Yes. Uh, but the work and and the deliveries and stuff like that, you don't really have to leave. You can get your groceries delivered. You can get everything delivered now with Amazon and stuff like that. Do you think that stuff makes it better or worse for people that have these uh anxiety type of issues because they're not really getting any practice? They don't really have to, right? They don't.
1: We're not like uh, you know, you said. Many of them were saying now you get to see how we feel. Yeah. But when you are a social person, like that was not that was hell having to be it was
0: torture. Right. It
1: was <laughs> So right. it just depends on, you know, if you already were this, you know, recluse or, you know, very private person or you know, didn't go out non-social it didn't feel like anything. It was, it was your normal, but for people who are very accustomed to interacting with other people or who they need that human interaction or, you know, that was um, not good at all for them. So, you know, it, it, I'm sure COVID hurt a lot of people, a lot in ways. um, And even the people who are social, who really loved working remotely. um, Mm -hmm. I do think you know, that in some kind of way, they've got to get some human interaction, even if it's not at work. Like, I think they probably still are wanting to work remotely, but they've got to have that human interaction. It has to come in some kind of some other form, you know, whether it's we're going to meet in person for lunch or we're going to, you know, something like that.
0: Just just talking so, yeah, to yeah, other COVID, human COVID, being in general, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think we all need that. And I you know, it's 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 unhealthy to never have uh human interaction. Um it's it's not unhealthy to to really be okay by yourself or you know, but it is mm-hmm. it is very unhealthy to never have any human interaction. It really is.
0: And yeah, that's my and opinion. I think that people are social creatures, right? Like that that's right. what I hear. I hear human beings were social creatures. And, and it you. would seem to me that that um, that it would be beneficial to everybody, but I know that life oftentimes, Laura, is not a one size fits all type situation. Yeah. You know, I was it was driving me crazy. I I felt pretty good that first month or so. After that first month, I'm like, yeah. I gotta get out of I gotta get right. out of my house, and I gotta find a way to talk to somebody. Now, what's right. interesting about this, and I would say probably one of the more unfortunate things is that this is a, uh, it's a chronic mental health disorder. So that means that that's something that they're going to be dealing with most of their lives, right? Oh, like means it. it's, it's it's something they're going to have to constantly deal with. Um, another thing about this particular mental health disorder is how many things it touches in your life, how many aspects of your life it touches. So it'll touch your friendships, your family relationships, your actual relationships from like a romantic standpoint, your job situation, you know, it touches on all these different things. I wonder how people who are dealing with these type of issues are actually getting jobs at all. Like, is it just maybe because you're forced? You're like, well, I gotta eat. So the power to eat is is more, it's stronger than the the so the anxiety portion, you know? I wonder yeah. how that I wonder how that is and how they're dealing with that portion of things.
1: I mean, therapy helps a lot. I don't know if there are any medications. I know that there are medications for people who are anxious, That's who an have question. different disorders. There, there is medication, but I think you have to also first feel like it's at that point. Many times, when people are um, going through various mental health conditions. Um, either because they don't think they need it um, or they'll take meds and then be okay and then say, well, I'm okay. So I don't take any meds anymore. Um, But also (laughs) therapy, (laughs) but also therapy helps a lot when you have someone who's trained, who's licensed um, and who can talk you through situations um, depending on the severity, you know, it's scary out there. You look at the news and there are terrible things happening, mass shootings. And so that could, you know, play a big part in it as well. Like, you know, I don't like to go out. And this further uh, confirms, you know, that I need to stay at home, you know, because of all of these things happening. So I think therapy is really good. Some kind of therapeutic um, sessions that take place. Um, Yeah, definitely.
0: I think that I I agree with that because even talking to a therapist is talking to another human being. You're at least it's at least a start. You know what I mean? It's a Mm -hmm. start. I'm not saying that um, there's any expectation that anybody that does have social anxiety would just jump out and then be a social butterfly overnight. And now they're talking to everybody because I feel like that will cause more anxiety. Right. Right. It's it's interesting because I think that um, if you're talking to a therapist, you're at least talking. And that's kind of where it starts, right? It starts with you talking okay. and seeing that things maybe aren't as bad as, as they are in your head. And a lot of times we all think of the worst case scenario, right? And that, that's something that really right. I think afflicts all of us. I don't know if any um, if anybody is just super confident all the time. I mean, I want some of that. If somebody <laughs> if somebody just uber confident all the time that everything's just always going to work out, please give me some of what you're having. But the the from a, a medication standpoint, that was a very interesting point you bring up because Mm -hmm. i know that there's like antidepressants i know that there's stuff like meds for like bipolar and stuff like that right and with these type of issues you can tell when somebody's off their meds so to speak right like they're off their behavior changes (laughs) dramatically um if they're not taking their meds and it's something that you can um they can have like manic episodes and stuff like that stuff that's very easy for you to see but if a person's just shy and then they're on some meds, they're talkative and then they're just back shy again. How do you know if it's just not a bad day or, you know, because we all have those days, right, where we just don't feel like it?
1: Yeah, I you know, I think when you talk about somebody who has who has a chronic illness, um, these are things that they've been battling with, like all of their lives. And there are right. people who are shy. There are definitely people who are shy. And and sometimes it's very difficult to distinguish the two. And sometimes it's very easy. And that's why it's important for people to go to somebody who's trained to know the difference because there's Reggie, you'd, you'd be so, you'd be shocked at how many disorders um, and behaviors um, and diagnoses that are out there. um, And just as many of those, how many prescription medicines there are to treat those disorders. Yeah. Oh, you'd be shocked. I mean, there's and. Because I'm not a mentally, I'm not a trained professional. I, I wouldn't know. And I, I'm going to be honest and my hat is off to every trained professional because it, you know, just to be like a licensed, a therapist or psychiatrist, like there are hundreds of hours, um, on top of your schooling that you have to practice. Um, so like, you know, they, they've seen all of these things in these case studies and these people, um, But I think even they have a hard time sometimes diagnosing different disorders, you know, is it, yeah. is it bipolar or is it schizophrenia? Because they're very different, but they have overlapping um, signs. Symptoms and characteristics yeah, and, symptoms. and stuff like that. Right. A lot of these have the same, you know, a, a word that people are, are pretty afraid of, but that, that really is common. If you read, the symptoms and the characteristics is a sociopath, not a psychopath, but a right, sociopath. Right,
0: right, right. Um,
1: and there are so many people who like, if you were to read the, uh, what a sociopath was, I guarantee you and everybody else looking at this would say, "Oh, I know a sociopath, because
0: they <laughs>
1: they would check off probably nine yeah. of the 10 boxes of, you know, because it could also be, that's a sociopath is like the, the very far extreme, but when you go on the other end of it, it's it's just a narcissist, like, you know, or somebody who just kind of lies to be lying, you know, or something like that. And right. we all know someone like that, right? So that's why it's important when these symptoms pop up that somebody who's trained to say, okay, this is not just somebody who's shy, like this is a real uh phobia that they have. Like they really feel something is going to happen if they if they don't do this or they will go into a panic attack if they are forced to go into a social situation. It's, it's something that's beyond being shy.
0: Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that because I think that a lot of times it's one thing to have a thought pattern in your head of like, and I'm just going to use this as an example of like, I'm not going to get the job, but you still go to the interview and you still go through the motions. And then to say, I'm not going to get the job. So I don't even apply. Like I don't even leave the house. I don't even turn in the application. I'm not even going to think about it because if I get the job, this could happen. This could happen. This could happen. Then you're thinking of all the range and which is crazy, Laura, because there's a massive range of, of things that can happen in any situation, right? In, in any situation. So I would imagine having that going haywire in your head all the time must be uh, pretty debilitating uh, for people, you know? And to, yeah, just, try, just to try to think about one or two of those things when all those things are going on, right?
1: Yeah, there's definitely people who have chemical imbalances. They really cannot control these massive thoughts that are constantly running through their head. You know, like the average person, yeah, you're going to say what if this happens or yeah. but for somebody who that it's a they're diagnosed, like it goes beyond what, what you and I could imagine in their in their head. You know, and that's the thing I, I say all the time about mental illness. It's not like if you break your arm or your leg and people see it, you know, and they say, oh, I'm so sorry. Or if you right. have cancer and you're going through chemo, when it's a mental illness, and especially if it's um, somewhat controlled and you, you know, or you're on medication, you can't see that mental illness. But it still is very, very much so an illness and has to be treated mm-hmm.
0: as such. So 100% agree. And that's why I like having these type of conversations, because I feel like from from a mental health standpoint, it's so hard. You know, people are just like, "Yo, just get over it. Right. Like, like that's that's going to be what it is. Right. Pick yourself right. up. What are you doing? Like, get yeah, yes. get over it. Don't don't let like oh, you're yeah, overthinking. Be easy to say it. Stop it. it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. yeah. in, in I think at a normal person, they could stop those thoughts and then pivot to something else versus a person who um those thoughts are kind of like overrunning them to a certain degree and as we kind of close or come down the show here i i would definitely i'm not a doctor by any shape form or or fashion and my bank account says that as well it's not just me who says that it's my entire life that says that i'm not but it's kind of like a situation where i have i i do know that there are tips from being in a social business from having to socialize all the time i have them forced to meet strangers around tons of strangers every week um, and I will tell you, first and foremost, it's practice, 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 practice. Yeah. You shouldn't look at other people like they just have it all figured out because no one has it all figured out. You know, you, you're always going to meet new people and you're always going to meet new people that you have to communicate with them in a different way. You can't. There's no one size fits all. So there's no perfect solution. And the therapy situation is great. If, if you can find because I think that just starting somewhere Laura, it doesn't even have to be in person. It can be virtual, Facetime. Just start, just start somewhere, mm-hmm. you know. And then practice, practice. I had friends who were really struggle with this. They were very, um, and I think that's just due to maybe like size. You know, there's a a a, a bigger guy didn't really. Uh, so you know, bigger people they stick out. I mean, me, I'm like five nine guy, I blend in everywhere. Right? That doesn't yeah. matter where I'm at, people. You know, I'm just blending in. But if you're a guy that's like a little bit larger and stuff like that you're already sticking out from like a physical standpoint. Right. So that's exacerbating any kind of mental issue that you may have. So that was one of the things, issues that he had. And um, it took him just, just starting to go out here and push himself out the door, so to speak, and then just start going out. And now he's way more of a social butterfly and it took years. I'm not going to, it wasn't overnight.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It took
0: us years to, to to do it. But I think that just starting, um starting helps there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Laura, this has always been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure having you on here. No matter what city you are <laughs> in, Laura, sometimes we are in San Antonio. Sometimes yeah. I So what happened to Austin? Are, is Austin out of the mix? Are we not there? Are, are we never going to be, gonna in, be Austin. in Austin again?
1: I'll be in Austin next month. Not to live, but I will be traveling. <laughs> I'll be in Austin next month. Yes. And as large as the state is, I am determined to just, you know, continue to go to all the different cities and um, in and out of Texas.
0: Yeah. How long are you spending in these places when you go? Like, are you, are you spending, because with as many places as you go, Laura, it seems like you're there for like an hour and a half. You get a cup of coffee, then like, you got to move on to another city. You can't let any city hold you down. You got to get on to the next city. Like how long are you spending when you go to places most of the time?
1: Well, with my new job, it'll be um, a few days at a time because I'm going to like okay. training and things like that. But I mean, if I go San Antonio is an hour, you know, it's 78 miles from Austin. That's that's a nice little drive. You know, Galveston <laughs> is is 50 miles from Houston. Why not drive? Like people commute 50, 60 miles to a job. So to be able to go to a whole nother city, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think is amazing. Yeah. I, I, and every chance I get, even Houston to Austin, Dallas is probably the farthest. Um, you know, San Antonio, San Antonio is more south, but Dallas is mm-hmm. north Texas. So it's the farthest. It takes... It takes a bit longer to get there by car, but, you know, yeah, by car, you can go to these cities and it's, I mean, you know, it's a nice little trip to, to go. What's your favorite,
0: Laura? You're a Texas expert. So so, get, so give us your, your favorite. Now, I know that uh, from Houston, I know has um, significant cultural diversity is one of the places why, that's one of the reasons why I, I wanted to go to Houston, like why that's like my first. I love culturally uh, diverse places. So uh, what is your fave? Oh, so that's, and that's just me just talking out of my behind, by the way, because I've never been there.
1: (laughs) Uh You won't dare give me to say my favorite (laughs) and offend someone. Is it
0: like choosing between your kids, Laura? Do you feel like, or, or do you feel like they all offer something so different that
1: they all offer something so very different that, which is also wonderful? You know, when you have a large, just like California, Northern California is very different than Southern California. Um, and so, yeah, Texas is the same way you've got, you know, hill country where you've got, it's, it's scenic. You've got, um, I mean, it's so big that literally anything that you want to do, anything that you want, you know, any place else that you want to mimic, you can do that in Texas. Um, yeah, but Houston by far is the most diverse um, you know, larger, more populated um city. So it's I guess it's my favorite. If I have to choose a favorite.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I definitely appreciate you taking some time out here and uh and jumping out here for that Houston being your 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 maybe favorite. We're not even gonna we're not gonna hold you that Laura. We're gonna say your maybe favorite is is Houston and hopefully I get by there one day. Thanks. Thanks a lot for uh taking some time with us here.
1: Absolutely. It's a pleasure.
0: So Regin ATL, check us out. Stitcher, your iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. See you next time. All right, Laura, what do you got going the rest of your Yay. day here?
1: Um, I'm gonna do